Captain America is full of anxiety and he has never felt like more of a symbol for this country. There's war brewing between America's rats, literally this time, not as a symbol for this country. And a viral video showing a woman calling the police on a black man for daring to tell her to leash her dog was all over our feeds this weekend. We're talking to New Yorker staff writer Jelani Cobb about the incident. The date, May 26, 2020. The time, News O'Clock. Hi, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. It felt really weird to not do a show yesterday, but a good weird, a restful weird. Casey, how was your Memorial Day? It was good. I barbecued with my roommates and we watched The Great on Hulu and had some margaritas. It was as chill as it could be in quarantine. (laughs) That sounds delightful. Yeah, we didn't use our roof barbecue that the building has to let other people do it. I didn't feel like trying Mm. to social distance while waiting for the grill because that felt awkward. So we just, you know, pan grilled some burgers. I finally forced my fiance to watch Clue. So all in all, (gasps) not too bad. No, yesterday, my roommate and I were talking about how we want to do like some sort of like fancy nights in our apartment to like make us feel like do some sort of activity. And we decided we're going to have a Clue night. Anyways, I'm Colonel Mustard because I own the most yellow. (laughs) So I'll send you pictures when we end up doing it. (laughs) Casey, that's amazing. I feel like both of our weekends, though, have to be better than the madness that took place in the Ozarks this Mm. weekend. BuzzFeed News wrote about it, and I can't get this quote out of my head. So no one was social distancing out there. Pictures were all over the internet. And one person, one brave soul, gave this quote. Now that I think about it, probably not a great idea, but... There's no law when you're drinking the claw in reference to White Claw seltzers. That's a fact, and I'm sure someone has it tattooed on their body. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it true. The fact that it's tattooed somewhere, (laughs) ironclad rule. Okay, we may have had a break from the news, but it continues to march on. It's time for the Crone Update. Here are three things you need to know today. One. The Trump administration has pledged to buy and distribute 100 million coronavirus test swaps by the end of the year. The announcement came over the weekend as part of a report to Congress outlining a new national testing strategy. States will still be responsible for the majority of planning and carrying out the testing, but the document recommends that every state should aim to test at least 2% of its population in May and June. Two. The UK is in a bit of a tizzy after the prime minister's chief advisor broke the country's quarantine rules several times. Dominic Cummings is the chief advisor to the prime minister, a.k.a. the number one guy for British leader Boris Johnson. The rules in the United Kingdom say that if you have COVID-19 symptoms, you have to stay home for seven days and the household should isolate for 14 days. In April, Cummings did have COVID symptoms, and not only did he drive five hours away from London to the city of Durham, but also when he recovered, he and his family visited his parents. They then stayed there and even visited a dang castle. Johnson went to bat defending Cummings, saying he disobeyed the law to protect his kids and making it sound like any parent who didn't break quarantine is a shitty parent. After... The whole British government rallied around him. It was revealed that Cummings took allegedly a second trip up north. Now, this all sounds pretty tame by U.S. standards, but the Brits are pissed since they've had to stay firmly at home. Johnson and his administration have defended Cummings, but their approval ratings have tanked as a result. Johnson's ratings in particular have plummeted by 20%. 
what is it with leaders breaking quarantine rules? Like they know people are watching them, right? You would think with all the cameras flashing on them and, you know, the constant exposure to the media that someone would notice these things. In fact, at one point during this alleged second trip, a person who was a neighbor of uh, Cummings' parents saw him in their garden and was like, is that is that Dominic Cummings? <laughs> so, yes, they're recognizable people. Your accent is very posh. Thank you. That's the only one I know. And three, the rats are at war. War! With many restaurants closed to prevent the spread of COVID-19, the amount of food waste being tossed out has dropped a ton in most cities. But the CDC is now warning that one unintended side effect of the lockdown is that with less food available, rats are getting more competitive and so are more likely to turn to new sources like, say, the inside of your home. One urban rodentologist told the Washington Post about a battleground that a colleague in Queens had sent him pictures of. A nest of rats had left to scrounge for food at their usual city block of restaurants, but turned on each other when they couldn't find enough scraps. A pile of rat limbs on the sidewalk was all that remained. The CDC recommends that home and business owners cover garbage cans, put bird food and pet food out of reach, and seal small holes rodents could access in buildings to help keep the aggro rats out. Oh my god, the sequel to Ratatouille is dark. It's dark as fuck. No one wanted this. Okay, I cannot think about pure and good Remy. Yes, his name is Remy, not Ratatouille. <laughs> wreaking havoc anymore. So it's time for today's good news, bad news. Let's start with the good news today. Good news for John Legend fans who were itching to hear new music. Chrissy Teigen has been leaking parts of his new album on her Instagram story. It all started when Chrissy tweeted a lyric from his upcoming album, you know there's a lot of women trying to take your place. And then her response to that lyric, which was, bitch, what the fuck? Chrissy then started posting videos of her listening to John's new music on Instagram and later Twitter, captioning one of her posts, currently leaking John's album on my stories out June 19th or free when I get mad enough. This here is what the sweet melody of revenge sounds like. Okay, I, I, this has to be a bit, right? It 100% like it is a bit. There is no way that the many people involved with producing an album would be cool with Chrissy just like dropping shit like all on the slide, like as revenge. I think it's a good bit. Yes, I think it's a good bit. I think it's funny. You know, she's a funny person. I think it's just like quarantine would have really had to have wrecked her mm -hmm. for her to be at this point to like release her uber famous husband's new music. <laughs> Okay, and now on to the bad news. Lana Del Rey and Doja Cat, two of music's biggest names in the news right now, spent the weekend apologizing after being called out for saying racist things. Buckle in, this is going to be a ride. Lana Del Rey sparked serious drama last week with an Instagram post asking why her art is derided while other artists are celebrated, which, sure, whatever, but she opened her post with this very pointed commentary. Now that Doja Cat, Ariana, Camilla, Cardi B, Kalani, and Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce had number ones with songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, fucking, cheating, etc., can I please go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love even if the relationship is not perfect, or dancing for money or whatever I want without being crucified or saying that I'm glamorizing abuse? The fact that almost 
All of the singers she listed are women of color did not sit well with people who noted that white performers going after black performers for being sexy was both not a good look and something we've literally seen for decades. Lana followed up with something resembling maybe an apology on Sunday evening, defending her comments, but sparking even more controversy when she name dropped performer FKA Twigs. The difference is when I get on the poll, people call me a whore, but when Twigs gets on the poll, it's art. So meanwhile, Doja Cat, who was mentioned in Lana's Instagram post. Yeah, she also had to apologize this weekend for her past alleged interaction with the alt-right. The hashtag Doja Cat is canceled was trending on Twitter as people posted what they claimed were old videos of Doja making racist comments in video chat rooms associated with the alt-right. People also found an old song of hers called Dindu Nuffin that some have said is a reference to a racist slur based on how, according to racists, when caught, black people always say, I didn't do nothing. Doja posted an apology on Insta saying, I've used public chat rooms to socialize since I was a child, but I personally have never been involved in any racist conversations. I'm sorry to everyone that I offended. Woo! Jesus. Why are celebrities so bad at this? Yes, at taking the law specifically, like apologizing. It's like they've never had to apologize before. And I'm like, wow, okay. New new talent to learn. New talent for everyone to learn. And the fact that these are such high-profile people and both having to apologize for things involving race in ways that aren't really like apologies. Like the Lana thing is wild. The whole Doja Cat thing too. She went on Instagram live last night after posting her comment. She didn't save the video. I watched it for a little while and it was kind of disjointed. At one point she mentioned the fact that, you know, she dates white men is a rumor that's going around on Twitter that she only dates white men and she defended herself against that. At one point she said, that this all is happening because we're all staying at home and thanked essential workers. It was confusing. Okay, unfortunately, though, speaking of very racist things, when we come back, we discuss that Central Park video that went viral with New Yorker staff writer Jelani Cobb. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping. And you're like, where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played with Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Yesterday, a sci-fi writer and director named Melody Cooper tweeted a video her brother captured in Central Park. Melody's caption read, When Karens take a walk with their dogs off-leash in the famous Bramble in New York Central Park, where it is clearly posted on signs that dogs must be leashed at all times, and someone like my brother, an avid birder, politely asks her to put her dog on the leash. The video, which quickly went viral, shows a woman with her hand gripping her dog's collar. The man, Melody's brother Christian, is off camera standing behind the phone he's using to record. And he stays there the entire time. If you haven't seen it yet, here's some of the audio from that confrontation. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. I'm sorry, I'm in the ramble, and there is a man, African-American, he has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African-American man, I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. And my I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. I don't know. Today, we've got Jelani Kopp with us to discuss the incident. He's the Ira A. Lippman Professor of Journalism at Columbia University, a staff writer at The New Yorker, and winner of the 2015 Sidney Hillman Award for Opinion and Analysis Writing. Thanks for joining us, Jelani. Thank you. Jelani, can you tell us up top, when did you first see this video and what was your immediate reaction? Uh, I saw the video last night and my immediate reaction, as it is with very many of these kinds of videos, is here we go again. Another instance in which we've seen people weaponize racism to their benefit uh, in the course of you know what would be an otherwise forgettable interaction between two people. Right. And so Melody Cooper, she later posted that her brother was fine after the confrontation and he kept on birding. But if the cops had showed up, that wouldn't have been a guarantee. The woman in the video has been ID'd as Amy Cooper, no relation to Melody nor Christian, by the way. But she really does seem to get that calling the police against this African-American man, as she keeps repeating, is a threat, doesn't she? Um, So just to be clear about what was at stake here, people have died in incidents like this. You know, six years ago in a Walmart in Ohio, a man by the name of John Crawford was looking at a firearm that was for sale, actually it was a BB gun, and someone called the police and the the police came rushing to this Walmart and the belief that there was a potential mass shooting or an armed robbery taking place, uh, you know, cued to this conclusion by the person who called and they 
responded and fatally shot John Crawford. It's not just a kind of abstract concern for Christian Cooper's well-being. Same thing, by the way, we could say uh, in the instance of uh, Tamir Rice or, uh, you know, Philando Castile, who was a licensed firearm carrier who told the police that he had a firearm in his car when he was pulled over uh, and was nonetheless shot. So these ideas of Black people posing a threat you know, are very serious. And I think what's pernicious about this particular incident is that this seems to be a person who is aware of that. And so she said, I'm going to call, she tells him beforehand, I'm going to call the police and say that an African-American man is threatening my life. This is not like a person who just randomly does this, or who has a kind of hyper reaction. It seems to be manipulating what is a really pretty tragic state of affairs, knowing that police will potentially overreact in a way that could cause serious harm to Mr. Mr. Cooper. Can you speak a little more about the history of these sorts of interactions? For example, we've gotten to the point where they can be memed like Permit Patty two years ago. Have we gotten too used to these kind of events? Well, I mean, I don't know if we've gotten used to them. You know, I think that people are trying to find some way to metabolize these situations. And so they have resorted to making kind of dark humor about them. But, you know, there have been a number of instances where people have called the police for otherwise mundane kinds of affairs. The most notable one is the person who saw people barbecuing at Lake Merritt in Oakland and, you know, called the police saying that they didn't have permission to do so. And then other equally ri- ridiculous uh, situations that the police have been summoned for. One was a young lady who was selling lemonade without a permit. And there's a whole genre of UPS workers or FedEx workers, delivery people, African-Americans who've been followed or questioned by white people who don't believe that they are who they say they are or that they have grounds for being in whatever community that they're in. And so this is just one kind of part of a broader spectrum of very troublesome and problematic relationships between African-Americans and law enforcement. Right. And I just want to point out that as far as we know, the only person here who was breaking the rules was the woman calling the police. And that just kind of tracks as far as these sorts of interactions go, where the caller is sort of leaning on the presumption of innocence being on their side versus, you know, the black person who the cops are being called on. Yeah. I mean, this is a, I mean, we all have these stories. I had a incident where I was driving a car. This was about eight years ago. It happened to be a BMW. And the person who was driving a station wagon, he hit my car, scraped the entire side of it. And as it happened to be, there was a cop across the street. And so I like hop out of my car, naively (laughs) yell for the police officer. They come over, but they have just in their minds, they look at the car, the BMW that has the dent basically on it look at the station wagon, and despite the fact that I'm the one that summoned them, came to the conclusion that I must have been driving the beat-up old car and hit the other guy's car. And so I'm like, no, no, he's the problem. He's the problem. And you have to go through all of these kinds of things until, like, eventually they were able to comprehend the fact that I actually owned the car 
that had been hit. I mean, but it's those kinds of presumptions when someone walks up and reads the situation. And so this is Central Park. You know, obviously, it doesn't take a far leap of association to remember what happened when a white woman really was victimized in Central Park all those years ago and the five young men, African-Americans, who went to prison for something that they did not commit. And so, you know, the idea of someone who's saying, I'm going to weaponize all of the racial assumptions and all the kind of bigotry that defined the relationship between African-Americans and law enforcement, I'm going to use it on my behalf because I don't want to put my dog on a leash. There's been a ton of backlash against Amy Cooper so far. People track down where she works and she's reportedly been put on leave. And apparently the Cocker Spaniel in the video was reclaimed by the rescue shelter she got it from. So what do you think? Is this playing out how it should have? Well, I mean, I think it's interesting because people, uh, there's a kind of dark concern, I think, or I should say a cynical concern that people have that she may get in more trouble for her abusive behavior for the dog toward the dog. Um, than for the racist behavior that was captured on the video. And, you know, the, certainly you know, her behavior with the dog doesn't paint her in a good light either, but it's difficult to kind of grapple with. Like, there's no real counter-narrative around animal abuse. There very much is a counter-narrative of people who would be willing to rush to her defense uh, based upon what we saw in the video as it related to the African-American man, Mr. Cooper. So is there a longer term lesson from this that people shake away aside from don't use the cops as a weapon against black people? Because one of the things that I'm seeing as a theory is that Amy Cooper will return in some way as like a meme on the right of a victim of someone who was unfairly taken down by the the Internet mob. Yeah, cancel culture. Um, it's like that will be what, what happens next. And so I do think the Internet is an ugly place that People can take virtuous rationales as a, a means of saying that they should abuse people or any of those kinds of things. I think all those things are true. The other side of it, however, is that, you know, before you were able to put these things on the internet and share them on social media, like this was a reality of black people's lives every single day. Like all of us are familiar with these kinds of situations and we were generally not believed when we would talk about these things happening. And so I don't know. I mean, there are lots of lessons to be taken away from it. I'm not optimistic or idealistic enough to think that we, we will uh, or that these things won't fall along the same sort of predictable fault lines between uh, almost like the Rorschach test of you know, how people view this video and what they take from it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and helping us unpack this. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that was a lot. Yeah, it really was. But I'm really glad we're talking about it because it's something that just keeps happening. And that video was absolutely everywhere. Thankfully, Hayes, we have time for one more thing. And today that thing is that Captain America has anxiety and he has honestly never been more relatable. I need to hear more about this ASAP to cleanse the palate, please, Casey. <laughs> All right. So Chris Evans was recently on the Hollywood Reporter's Awards Chatter podcast and revealed for the first time the stress he was going through before putting on the star-spangled tights in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
They called and said, well, this movie, what's your number? It's kind of between you and John Krasinski, but it's okay. I think John Krasinski is going to do this movie, Captain America. And I remember saying, they're doing Captain America? Why, why the hell haven't I haven't even heard about this? What the hell, guys? And they said, well, they, you know, you've done Marvel. And I said, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So I continued working in Houston on this film. And it was the first time I actually, I've, I've spoken to this. I kind of started having little mini panic attacks on set, but they were enough to, to throw me a bit and enough to make me question if I was on the right path. And I really started to think, I'm not sure if this is the right thing for me. I'm not sure if I'm feeling as healthy as I should be feeling. He then went on to say that when Marvel called to say, uh, yeah, Krasinski isn't in, they want you to come test. Evan said no. He said no? What? What? Not just not just once, not just twice. Three times he said he did not want to do the job. Can you imagine? They then just offered him the role. No audition. Evan said he then went to therapy for the first time to try to figure out what was going on with himself. And then his friends told him, basically, you're saying no because you're scared. And the rest is history. Ah, Christopher, that is so relatable. I I have never been offered the role of Captain America, but I can imagine being scared shitless if I was. So you know what? The fact that he was like, no, no, don't put this on me. I get that. I really do. Oh, 100%. I mean, just even like a small thing someone asked you to do and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm capable of it. I'm sure he, he it sounds like he just had insane imposter syndrome, right? And why wouldn't Absolutely. you be put in that in that situation? I mean, like, I get stressed doing this show daily, and so I can only imagine doing that at his level, like, with all the people, all the eyes on him, and standing next to Robert Downey Jr., and being like, okay, now be as good, if not better, than him. I I gotta say, too, I had no idea that John Krasinski was up for Captain mm. America, and I cannot imagine a world without Chris Evans' ass as America's ass. Like, what? Yeah. No, thank I'm, you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we need Captain America looking into camera. (laughs) In conclusion, we're very glad that Chris Evans took the part because who else would we want to voice exactly how we all feel after months of quarantine? So, you got detention. You screwed up. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we've got Stephen Lacanti back with us to dish out more of his expert advice. And remember, it's only a four-day work week, so your fake weekend is closer than ever. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends all about us and set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the illest podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And break us off with some bread cause we waiting on reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't.